This is Leave Your Mark. I'm Vince Cortez, and today's guests are Robin and Hannah Miles. They are here to share their journey of being a neurodivergent family and healing from sickness and building a dream life out from pain and overwhelm. Robin and Hannah, thank you for being my guests here today. Awesome. Thank, great to be here. Thank you. Hi there, and welcome. Now it's time for America's favorite podcast, Leave Your Mark, with your host, Vince Cortez. If it's fly, loose fit it, it's Cortez. If freeze and shove is in it, it's Cortez. Leave Your Mark is about inspiring the world, one guess at a time. Pass the word from Brooklyn to Pittsburgh, from urban to suburb, it's Cortez, you heard? And here is our host, Vince Cortez. We're connected from the United States to Australia for the viewing audience. And I appreciate you two getting up early to have a chat with me. And your story is very interesting in how you've both created a self-healing methods for yourself and now are experts in the categories. And uh, we'll touch on that in a minute. But what I like to do is just see where you were up to when you're a little person and on your way to where you became. So Robin, share with me real quick where you were raised yeah, so I was uh, born in uh, southeast London. You had two older brothers and an older sister? Yeah, that's correct. So it was quite a big family. It was pretty chaotic. We were a uh, very working class, um, but a lot of love in the family, but also very, very chaotic um, okay. kind of okay. upbringing. Yeah, I'm from a family of four, too. It can get kind of crazy. Now, you were into soccer? Yeah, soccer was my soccer was my thing, um, and playing and and uh, and I was pretty good at it as well, and even played you know competitively. I played, I think I played against Arsenal once upon a time for people oh, nice. as a, as a, as a boy in Tottenham. But then I got a knee disease, and then osteoarthritis uh, disease, and they said you just can't run anymore. You just got to stop. And so, um, yeah, that was a bit of a shock. So you're out the joints playing so much. You you like yeah, that one a playing lot. So much. Now I'll hold off on. So you get you go right up to college. So um, share with me how when you uh, graduated from high school, what you did. Yeah. So initially, when I was sixteen, I was actually hoping to not complete um, school. To be honest, because I wanted to go and do aid work, and at the time, it was the Romanian uh, orphans with a big challenge, and I wanted to go over and help them, but I couldn't get the insurance. So I did stay at school, like you say, until eighteen, and then. I went and did aid work in Africa, um, a country called Namibia, which is on the border of uh, of Angola for a year. And so, yeah, that's that's what I, I set out to do. Now, you ended up going then to Manchester United and you got a, a civil engineer degree. Yeah, that's right. So while I was at um, while I was in Africa, we we're doing a lot of aid work and I could see that I could give more back to society by studying civil engineering. And so, yeah, went to Manchester University, where obviously Manchester United, my favourite team, plays. So, yeah, so studied and completed my master's in uh, civil engineering there. Okay, so that we got you all the way through school. Okay, Hannah, now I want you to share with me where you were born and raised and what was life like with one older brother? Yeah, so we were raised in Northamptonshire, um, quite a sort of normal middle class family. My parents both worked um to sort of give us the best life they could and um we were country kids so we had quite a lot of freedom which was great um and yeah I sort of struggled at school I didn't know at the time that I was autistic and ADHD so school was a really big challenge for me um so I ended up 
leaving at 15. So kind of share with me what the situation with that is. Um, it, it, you're kind of it, the teenage years, you're still figuring life out to a degree and you're having like cognitive problems. So what were like some of the emotions that you went through that would lead you to leave school? at that age because that's pretty strong feeling you're pretty young to make that decision yeah I've been very much headstrong my whole life I became a vegetarian at eight knowing that 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 was my my passion to save the animals so I've always been very headstrong and very independent and my father very much supported that in me Um, and he could see that I was struggling at school and just guided me into getting an apprenticeship um And I found school to be very patronizing. I knew I was intelligent, but I got told I was dumb often because I couldn't fit into Into the school system. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I kind of realized that I was very creative and went down that path instead um, and really had a strong work ethic. So qualified supposed to be four years qualifying for your apprentice and I did it in just under two years. Well, yours is then you go to be a high-end hairdresser. And you're working with a, a lot of big time people over there. So what what happens at that point? So now you're out of high school. Yeah, so I made the decision not to finish my exams and just go straight to work. And being uh, headstrong, as you say, I thought, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go to the best salon and be the best I can, which is kind of my thing to be the best I can at everything that I do. And so I got an apprenticeship at a salon called Joe Hansford, who is one of the best color master colorists in the world. And it was a massive three story um, salon in Mayfair and yes, full of royalty and celebrities. And we had to sign the waivers because we were dealing with all the, you know, the elite people. And and um, it was fast paced and it was exciting. And um I was I just had a knack for it. I was very good at what I did and I'm very um personable. So of course the whole kind of hairdressing and chatting side of things. Oh, that worked perfect. Me well. <laughs> now what I want to do is is now obviously you two work together and you work independently. So as you guys go through life, how do you cross paths? What what is the first time you meet? Well, that's an interesting one. Do you want to take that? Yeah, so we we were both traveling. Robin was going one way round and I was going another because um, I had been working since I was 15 and I got to 21, 22 and went, there must be something more. I've been managing salons since I was um, 18 and bought property and sort of done a lot of stuff early. And I was like, there must be some freedom here. And so I just wanted to go traveling. So Robin was going one way, I was going another And on the 1st of January, we met on the 29th of January, on the 1st of January, we both wrote into our diaries separately in separate countries, a pretty much a list of who we wanted to meet and we were ready to meet that person. And then on the 29th, I saw Robin cross the road and I had this weird feeling of like, I know you. And it was just drawn instantly where there's quite a few people crossing the road. And then we um, went, we were staying at the same hostel. They were giving away free soup. And this was in New Zealand, by the way. New Zealand, so oh, we wow. literally so, yeah, around the world, opposite directions, and we crossed paths for one day. And we we lived like in London. We lived twenty minutes away from each other as well in London, but we never met. We were from different sort of uh, lives lives in London. And so I made a joke because everyone was queuing up with their bowl for their free soup, and I made a joke that I thought was quite funny. That oh, are we casting for Oliver Twist? And uh, nobody turned round. And Robin took pity on me <laughs> and turned around. <laughs> and we just 
just couldn't stop talking and then we I think talked. the first thing was about talking about because Hannah had just come back from Africa and yes. I'd done aid work in Africa and stuff and so then that, that was the kind of like the we connection. connected on that yeah. and and uh, we spoke all night till like three, four o'clock in the morning and you had to go off for a well mm. um, watching tour. And I'd already done that. We were going the separate ways again. And uh, after two days, I said to all the friends I was traveling with, this is insane. I, I feel like there's something big here. And they were like, go for it, go for it. And so I sent a message and Robin was at the top of a mountain and he had to run back to get the message to send a message to say, yes, yes, come and see me. We spent a week together. I emailed my girlfriends back in England and said, I'm going to marry this man. And I then went on traveling and he went on traveling. And then we met back up again in Melbourne, Australia for a brief time. And then he left again and I went traveling. And then I returned just before Christmas. And even though we'd physically only been together for a couple of months all over the place. Yeah, about three months. Yeah. Um, he proposed on Christmas Eve and... I said yes, and my family already had the champagne popped because they just oh, wow. knew. It was, it That's was an amazing story. Now, I have to ask now, you both have your separate businesses going. So were you working inside of your own businesses at this point when you met? No. Yeah. So when we met, um, Hannah was leaving hairdressing and, and you know, just wanted to go traveling and have a break and see what she wanted to do when she went back. I was working in civil engineering, um, working on big infrastructure projects like the Channel Tunnel Rail Link connecting London to Paris. And I um, I was thinking, right, when I go back to England, where do I want to settle? And both of us had an idea of like moving to Melbourne. And so after, you know, I proposed and we were back in England with our families, we migrated to Australia and I was actually recruited by the Australian government here to drive a more collaborative way of delivering infrastructure projects. So I was a project director of multi-billion dollar infrastructure projects here in Australia. And so that was the prime um, kind of job that we were doing even after we left England and then came back to Australia to migrate here. And that's when Hannah kind of came out of the hairdressing to start to explore kind of healthier ways of living at, at, at that time yeah and then we transitioned to our own businesses a little bit later now how long ago was that then when you met so we met in 2000 and yeah we met in 2004 okay uh, now you have two moved, boys huh yeah and then we um, moved to australia in 2005 and then we got married in 2007 and then we had uh william in 2010 Connect with us on LinkedIn. Be our friend on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You are listening to Vince Cortez. We just want you to leave your mark. Now, you had some struggles there, too, because life wasn't so easy. You had to give up work and the race in the family and and you have some complications going on. Yeah. So share with me how life takes root now. Well, William was born with high functioning autism um, and we now know it's PDA autism, pathological demand avoidance autism. At the time, we didn't. Um, he was diagnosed at 18 months. And that first, I mean, the first three or four years was just uh, hell. Hell. <laughs> it really was. Yeah. Now, was. did you either one of you have any experience with that? Because when it's just completely floored it's almost like getting hit by a truck with what you now experience. So share with me what that was like. 
I'd never even held a baby and then I kind of had and, and I'd always said I didn't want children and then suddenly it hit me yes I want children I want children now and we fell pregnant straight away went straight into sort of the pregnancy with no nieces or nephews or never held a baby and then suddenly got this screaming child that did not stop screaming and would bang his head against the wall all day oh. pull hair out just it was unbelievable. And we kept going to get help. And everybody was just like, oh, you're a bad parent. And, you know, you're not doing it well. You need to do this. And, oh, my. And it was it was really challenging. My parents moved out to help us and they lived next door for a while, which was a great help because we couldn't. Like my Robin was working seven till seven in Melbourne. It was an hour away from where we were living. And my parents helped me with my younger son um, because like there was days where I just couldn't get to change his nappy I couldn't be with wow. him because I was holding William to stop him hurting himself uh, how uh, far apart are your two boys in age 17 months oh wow they're really close so this hits you all at once now did you go through the same thing with your second child or was his different Edward was different Edward was actually born deaf and we had to sort of recover his hearing and um he had more physical so he has Elios Danios syndrome and we thought it was cerebral palsy at first and muscle dystrophy and all different things so he's more physical he was a more placid child especially because for the first year, he couldn't really hear. So, of course, he didn't make very many sounds. He was delayed talking, delayed walking, um, had developmental delay. Um, and at this point, sort of having two children with all these disabilities, I remember as a child, I had a, a dairy intolerance. And, um, and you know, since learning to be a bit healthier, I was like, there must be something in here. And, and again, I tell you about my drive something came over me because you know we get we get given this big uh sort of folder of like your child will never do this your child will never do this your child will never do this he'll have to go into a special school and I just went no this is not going to be my reality and I can do something about this mm. and this drive this mama bear in me just went there's got to be something and fire I just didn't, I didn't stop. I didn't, I, I promised myself that I wouldn't leave a stone unturned until I found freedom for my children and freedom for us. And it was a really difficult struggle, which led Robin to actually um, leave his very well-paid corporate job to be here because I would call him up and be in suicidal tears on the floor. Because um, also your health was not in that first kind of, particularly the first two years, Hannah's health was really, really yeah, rock bottom. Yeah, cancer and, and thyroid issues. And I was I, I hardly able to get myself to the toilet. I was almost bedridden mm. and it was just, it was hard to raise two sick children and be so sick myself. Oh my. yeah. Now, how long does um, this go until you begin with your businesses? Now, Robin, you're doing Inspire Me. And yeah, that's right. You so turn into the, a high performance coach. Um, you do leadership training and motivational speaking, mm. and we can see where that uh, source comes from. So, how how did you get then into that point of where you currently stand and what you're doing with your work there? Yeah. So on this journey, um, I had um been running major infrastructure projects, billions of dollars. And then I went into consultancy because leadership and strategy and collaboration is everything that I did. And I just wanted to do that more and more. So I was doing a consulting job as an executive, as a director of strategy and development at the time. So I was kind of going in that direction anyway. 
and um, there's a newspaper here called the Herald Sun, and I was on the uh, 15th floor of the Herald Sun, old Herald Sun building in this corporate meeting room, and because Hannah had called, and I took the phone call, and and this was uh, nine years ago now, nine and a half years ago, and I took the call, and Hannah was in tears, and I could hear the kids screaming in the background, and I was overlooking the whole of Melbourne. It's a beautiful view. And it was a lovely day. And I just remember thinking, this is not success. This is not where you need to be right now. And I remember saying to Hannah, I'm coming home. And she said, no, you don't need to come home. Like, and I was like, I'm coming home and I'm staying home. And I, and I just walked out the office and said, I can't do this. I need to go and support my family. And they said, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't know, but we're, I'm going home because that's where I need to be. And I need to be supporting my family wow. because this is not working. And so then it was then going home there um, to then tell Hannah. And it was funny because Hannah's connection with my my job and my career was almost stronger than me because she'd seen, you know, like I was dyslexic when I grew up and told that I was going to make anything of myself. And here I am advising prime ministers and premiers and, you know, um, really successful to then walk away from that because the home life was so crazy. But, you know, like I... I did that because it worked for us and this wasn't working for us. So in that moment, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to set up a, a, a business um, to do exactly what I want to do because if I'm not with a family and I'm earning an income, it needs to be something that I'm 100% passionate and purposeful driven around um, that we're aligned about. And I remember we were in the bedroom actually thinking about the names, what my business was going to be. And <clears throat> I remember just thinking, look, we need something to inspire us right now. And, you know, like I want to inspire other people. And then that's where Inspire Me came from, because I needed to be inspired at that time. I wanted something to inspire me and then to help other people inspire them to achieve what they want in their lives. And that's where, you know, um, yeah, literally within three weeks, I'd changed my executive income from a consulting income in regards to doing high performing coaching and and training international organizations and things like that. Isn't the internet a wonderful thing? Yeah, it's it's, it's like it's the epitome second chance. Yeah, now we're yeah. we're familiar with doing things. It would in the old commerce, or it would now seems methodical. It's mm. hard to imagine we did work that way when your creativity and your experience and your skill all said you could do it right where you wanted to be, which is just that that's amazing. Mm. And faith. I think we had a lot of faith. Mm. Now, Hannah, you uh your nutritionist in your uh youth at eight years of age is is gonna surface now. So how long have you yeah. had your raw plants and herbs and I like your humility and truth uh using it for healing. So share with me how now your business began to start and what you're currently doing well I actually wasn't raised on a good diet I was raised on a normal English diet which is atrocious um, <laughs> and even though I knew not to eat meat uh, from a young age it wasn't until I was in my sort of you know late 20s to, to become a vegan and then only when I had the children did I really start looking into proper nutrition um, that was out of necessity. So it all came out of necessity. It came out of there must be something. And diet was the way that I kind of went at first. And it made a dramatic difference, like changing the children's diet, removing the gluten, removing the dairy, removing these things, removing processed foods. It made a huge difference. It made my thirst for knowledge come to go, well, what else is there? What else can I do? And so 
in my typical and again I didn't know I was autistic at the time so in my typical kind of like um you know hyper focused way I just learned every nutrition I possibly could I went on every course I possibly could because I also found I was going to a lot of doctors and specialists paying $600 a go and I either knew more than them about nutrition at that point or they would just say well there's not much we can do here's a thousand dollars worth of supplements and Mm. go for it and I would go but what do I actually do in the in the in the moment what do I do and so having the results people started asking me, what am I doing on forums? Back then we had like Google forums. It's changed a lot now. Oh yeah, that's right. (laughs) So people were asking me what successes I'd had. And then people asked me, could I have a chat with them? And then the coaching kind of organically grew. And, you know, Robin does personality performance as part of his work. And he said, you know, actually you're, you are perfect to be a coach. And, you know, the hairdressing all led into that. And um, so I started coaching people and it just grew. And what I noticed in my business is I was having huge success with certain amount of people, but not others. And then that made me question, well, why is that? And we also plateaued. And I questioned, why is that? I love to question everything. (laughs) And I realized that there's a big part of faith, mindset, soul work, energy work that needs to come into the nutrition. Because I worked out very early on, I can give the most perfect nutrition plan to someone. But if they're not supported in doing that, and they don't feel they can, and they have a lot of wounds or traumas, they're not going to implement that perfect nutrition plan. So I needed to work on how can I help them process their trauma? How can I help them feel their emotions? How can I help them speak their truth? How can I help them with their relationships? And so in typical my style, I became incredibly overqualified in all of these different things to help as many people as I could. And my business has grown a lot to where nutrition is very is a big part, but it's a very small part. The overwhelming need for people to be supported and to be heard and seen and their wounds to be healed that is the biggest part. And that's where Robin and I also cross over in our businesses as well. And that's where, you know, for me coming from a leadership kind of perspective and a strategy perspective to help people, you know, I help people uh, in some form of transition personally or professionally, and then have the level of leadership impacts and influence they need to get the result that they want. Um, But then the more that you dig into that, it's just like, well, the mindset is the key thing. Like I can give you the, the strategies and the tools and the, the capabilities and the frameworks but if your mindset isn't in the right place and you've got, you know, mental schemas holding you back or whatever. And so everything that both Hannah and I do and train, teach, coach, advise people on and live. Is, and live. Well, that's the thing is that it's all things that we have actually lived ourselves and mm-hmm. things that we actually do ourselves. Um, and that was um, I remember with Inspire Me, we did a, an in-person workshop and we brought people up here. Um, to, 10 of my clients up to um, Byron and we had this house where it was like a, a separate like little work, workshop place on the side and it was really funny because my clients like came and they were like stunned and I was like what's wrong and they were like you actually live like this <laughs> <laughs> and I was like yeah did you think that I was lying they were like no we hear you like when your kids come back from school you stop and you embrace them and like even when there's conflict the way that you deal with that and stuff like that you you actually do it like most people say it you know and they can be on screen saying it but you guys actually do it and and that is something that we've got and and both of us went on that journey of digging deeper and deeper and deeper and so that's where there's crossover and so some of my coaching clients actually have sessions with Hannah and some of Hannah's clients 
you know, they get physically better, but then they're stuck in a rut and they, they know they need to change their work, but they don't know how to, because that's what's, and so then I help them with the strategy. So that's where there's that little bit of crossover now as well. Yeah. If you are listening from Australia, Florida, or just from around the corner. From East Coast to West Coast outlets, if you're not into the dirty South straight, make a left body modern. Contact us, leave your mark with your host, Vince Cortez. Now, I think listening to both of your stories, collectively, you you um, complement each other extremely well, not just in the work-related experience, but in your personality and your mindsets of how you both approach life. Mm. So I have to ask yeah, now, right. then, how is <laughs> where you currently stand, how has your experiences changed your life? How are you different now from what you're currently doing realize you can create your life instead of your life happening and you work around life. Yeah. I mean, I can answer that first if you want. Yeah. Um, for me, I think maybe both our answers to this might be slightly different. Um, for me, I kind of feel like it's been an evolution and it's not that I've changed, but I've come back to the true essence that I knew that I was when I was a very young child. You know, when I was like five years old and having the diagnosis of bipolar two has been a really interesting thing as well, because I've seen my life through that lens of when I was five years old, I was looking at the world around me being a very rough part, poor part of London, very racist murders and all this. And looking at that going, this is not where I'm supposed to be. Do you right. know what I mean? And having this real positive intent of not understanding racism and, and wanting to go to Africa and do good things and stuff like that. And I kind of feel like as the years have gone on, I've just become more and more able to actualize what was in my vision back then, but it was yeah. just so not my reality. And it's been great to go on this, this pathway with the two of us that then, then that pathway has been accelerated. Does that make sense? Because yeah. there's been a lot of challenge with that as well, but you know, we're absolutely committed to each other to work through those challenges, to grow, to, to where we're at and, you know, we've still got a long time ahead of us to go. So, Hannah, did you I don't know your, what did your you answer have is. anything to add on that? Uh, yeah, I was. I would agree with that of returning home to myself, to really getting to know myself. Um, one of the things that I help people do is remove the facade to find the true soulful self and to actually start living from the soul. Um, and this is a foundation of the work I do. And so I have been returning to to that place and really. I had a lot of anger to process. I had, my facade was huge and it's being cracked a little bit more, a little bit more each time. I'm a lot more humble. I'm a lot more kind and loving. Um, and I have a long way to go still. Uh, my biggest my biggest thing for me is I had a lot of uh, self-loathing. Uh, I've always hated my physical body, always hated being who I was, always feeling wronged for who I was, um, not good enough. And um, only in the last maybe two years it's grown and in the last six months is accelerated that I truly love myself. And I truly see who I am and I truly support who I am and, and I'm excited about who I'm going to grow into. And uh, I honour myself with boundaries and things a lot more. And I, I can always learn and do more, but um, that's my biggest thing is I know it's no a very exciting time in life <laughs> um, having that level of self-love and self-respect because you turn into a different individual I have to ask this because they can see the energy between the two of you 
how much as going through what you've had and making your family your priority made your marriage better Ooh. yeah totally i mean this is just like 100 percent yes to that 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 answer and you know one thing for me just um i did a, a vision quest in november mm-hmm. um just last month which is for people who don't know vision quests it's actually from the apache uh, Indians in North America there the lineage from Stalking Wolf that I did where you go into solitude in nature for four days four nights you fast on water you take nothing with you um, other than a tarp to keep you dry and a sleeping bag to keep you warm an emergency first aid kit that's it no phone no clocks no nothing and you just sit there in silence and the biggest thing that came for me is those four days four nights is I looked down at these four rocks that I had which were the marker stones that you put out on the main trail just to let, you know, um, a person know that you're actually alive and okay. And um, on day one, I was thinking, why the hell am I doing this? (laughs) I was being (laughs) bitten to death by, you know, um, marsh flies and mosquitoes and in the burning sun. I was like, why am I doing this? And then I actually looked down at these rocks and said, and then basically what I just saw was myself hannah william and edward and i looked down and went the reason why i'm doing this is i'm dedicating this to my family because my vision has come to me that in actual fact i need to look after myself first and the first rock is going to be about me and then it's going to be about hannah and then it's going to be about william and then edward and i'm going to commit each day to being out here to each of them as my commitment because it's me first looking after myself to be the best father to my sons and to be the best husband to Hannah that I can possibly be. And then thirdly, to be of service to others in balance with that. And so that's our kind of rock that we're, we're taking, I'm taking forward. And I think Hannah feels the same. Yeah. Well, service is a big part of our life and um, it's, it's, it's balancing that being over givers, over servers. Mm. uh, It's always balancing that to make sure that, you know, our relationship with, God is there, our relationship with each other, our relationship with our children, that they're the foundations and then we're in service um, rather than I think sometimes we've kind of gone out a bit um, and and there's been some tough times in our marriage. There's been some times that we've had to look at it and I think I believe we're soulmates. I believe that our love is strong enough to get us through anything and we have been, uh, there's been enough thrown at us, you know, heart surgeries, heart surgeries, cancer, autism, floods, fires. fires. We've been stuck in fires where we called home and said, that's it. We're gone. We've had floods. We've had more than what most people get thrown at. We've had, and we seem to come out stronger. And even with the diagnosis of Robin, um, I was diagnosed in February with autism and ADHD and, um, PTSD and Robin with bipolar two in in um september september Mm. um these things just bring another level of us to get Mm. closer because it's another level of us really understanding who we are so that we can bring that closer and we use many tools like we're always in some sort of counseling or some sort of strategy like the gottman institute or something where we're using tools to 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 go how can we bring us better closer so that we can be better parents how can we learn develop and grow and that's where anything that we learn we actually apply and give it a go and some things stick and that's like oh that's really good and sometimes like oh we might take that out of it but we might not do that you know but it's that journey and I think if people are looking for kind of you know what's some of the keys I reckon for me it's 
vulnerability and humility. I reckon if you can have vulnerability and humility, you're sorted. Yeah. Truths, speaking truth. Yeah, because that comes from that. That kind of leads me to my next question. Based on what you currently do, what's your favorite part of your work? You know, I'm coming to the end of the year now. And, you know, in my coaching sessions with my clients to have my clients in tears, just saying, you have genuinely changed my life, Mm -hmm. you know, and actually seeing it and going back to in me saying, hey, look, should I just go back to the first email that you ever sent me of that your situation? And I read it out to them and they're in even more tears going, oh, my God, I thought that you'd really changed my life. But now I, you've read my words back to me and they're like, I, yeah, I totally remember that now. I was far worse than what I remembered. Like, I can't believe the change that you've made in in my life. And I'm so thankful to and they they actually talk about, you know, Hannah and the kids as well, because you know, it's not just a service I'm providing. It's it's actually that real kind of connection with people. Yeah. Um, that's, they they that's see me bringing him food. I, I try and sneak yeah, in yeah. and I'm just like... <laughs> and, I, and, and, and I talk about it as well. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just like, this is what we do. And, and, mm-hmm. and I bring that vulnerability, you know, like I did a training with my clients. I've done a couple of different ones on uh, more personal subjects, one around purposeful parenting where I admitted that even though I was doing all these great things, I still didn't feel like I was showing up and being the father that I wanted to be. And I had to have that humility that I was doing a bit rubbish in certain areas, but then it's identifying that. What can I do about that? And also with Hannah, our communication, I was having some negative thoughts go through my mind that I realized I wasn't actualizing and doing anything about it, but they were in my mind and that's not good enough. And we need to have that humility that we can always improve that connection with our loved one or our kids. And we can always do that better and, and, and that kind of side of things, yeah. If you have a story to share, tell us. How are you going to leave your mark? Your mark. Contact us. Leave your mark with our host, Vince Cortez. Be our guest. Okay, so as you you answer this one separately, what's the most important thing you've learned in your life? For me, it is that we are souls and that this this is just a temporary part of our spiritual journey and that truth humility and love um will guide us that there is a way to eat for humans that is the best optimum there is a way to live that is optimum and that love is the path forward and as much as that sounds really woo woo if you continuously look at is this loving Is this action loving? Am I being loving? It is a guide that takes you through to be your best self in as many moments as possible. I've also learned that anything and everything can be cured and healed and removed if it is, if there is a a desire for it, an intention for it, an action that's in alignment with that and a, a, a true faith that it can be. Um, I think we are more powerful than we're ever told that we are, and we can achieve more than we think we can. Mm. And mine is, if I'm going to summarize it into one thing, it would be just to really focus on what matters. Okay, we got two more times. You're going to go by yourself again. How would you like to leave your mark? Hannah, you go first. Ladies first. I already feel like I have. I've helped so many families go from, you know, suicidal rock bottom, feeling like they've got no hope to 
thriving and healthy and with faith and hope. So I feel like I have. If I pass tomorrow, I would be pleased with the legacy that I've I've left. Um, that's not to say that I can't do more. I would like to get this message out to more people and I would like to help more people and I would like to be of more service. Wow. Robin? <laughs> I think for me, um, my mark on on people and everything, it, it's just a matter of enabling people to live more consciously. That would be it. Like if there's that little reminder of, oh, yeah, Robin, he always used to say to stop, to actually think about things. And is that really important? Do I really want to do that? And and just to get people to live more consciously from that, stop, take a breath, observe what's going on and proceed mindfully. If more and more people could do that, then I think they'll make better decisions and we'd have a better world. Wow. I love it. I love it. Both of you, I agree with both of you too, by the way, 100%. <laughs> this you guys are spot on what are what a refreshing it is to have you on here and hear your mindset and how you've grown and what you've become and what you're doing your influence and your service is just a phenomenal thing so um i would like for you to share with me your social medias and where people listening can have more access to what it is you two do yeah, so for me, it's nice and easy. It's uh, inspiremeconsulting.com.au. And we've got a Google channel. We've got a LinkedIn. <clears throat> if you just um, search Robin Miles, um, I'm on LinkedIn. I do a lot of posts there as well. And um, yeah, I'm all my details are there. Yeah, you because you have a YouTube channel going too. Mm. Now, Hanny, you got a lot of stuff going. So share with me some of what you got going on too. Well, I did. I actually had a lot. Um, but uh I I expressed some views that weren't um in alignment to the mainstream and I actually had my YouTube and Facebook sort of removed. So I'm only on Instagram now and I have a private telegram coaching group where I offer free coaching and guidance and my own personal life experience. It might be something I've done with William that day and I've got, Hey, like I tried this tool and this is what happened, or I might have a reflection or a channel or something. So that's my telegram group. And then I have the Instagram where I share more like recipes and little little quotes or things that might come or little insights. And then I have a website, which is www.nourish2health.com.au, um, which I'm in the process of updating. And I, it's my intention over the next couple of weeks is to get a new YouTube up and running and get some new videos out there because um, I've also grown a lot in what I share and how I share it. So I actually think it was quite an okay thing to lose the old platforms and start from new because it feels a new energy that I'm bringing to everything at the moment anyway. A little repackaging. I like it. <laughs> Keep it fresh. Everything <laughs> serves, even the things that we think we've lost. Okay, so now you guys got the rest of the day ahead of you and I want you to go enjoy your day. You got your holiday coming up here at the end of the year. So we're going to uh, promote your stuff here. We'll have links on the bottom of all our posts from your episode. And we want people to keep in touch with you. So thanks again for coming by. I appreciate your time. Awesome. Thanks, Vince. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Leave Your Mark today. Tune into our next episode of Leave Your Mark with Vince Cortez.
Be blessed. You just left your mark. Thanks for listening. Listen to more episodes on demand. Just click Leave Your Mark with Vince Cortez.